Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spidori's. We are so happy you are here, and we have another special guest today because we are absolutely loving to bring people on and hear their stories, and we hope you are too, which reminds me, Hyann, before we get started, why don't you share with our listeners what we noticed this week? Yeah, so we're really excited. It, I think both of you and I, we were kind of slapping on the marketing side. So Absolutely. once we started, um, we feel like we've just gotten a lot of um, listeners and we are so excited and grateful for it, for people tuning in, thinking we're funny, listening to our stories. It's really just a feel good podcast where mm -hmm. you can come hear stories about us, get to know us, but then also some of our everyday life stories. Yes. Um, and hopefully it makes you feel a little bit seen and understood in your everyday life, whether you are a parent or a teacher or an administrator. Um and yeah, we do have some really funny quotes or just really nice quotes that we'd love to share with you guys from a couple of y'all who've reached out. Yeah. So we have a comment from somebody named JB. Um, and she said, I love the episode of Princess Trauma Bonding. I feel this to the core with my yeah. relationships and the district that she's at, um, which I thought was so funny because I think people really can relate. If you're in special education or in administrative jobs, you can relate to this in a school district. Um, and it's really no like, no shade, no negativity. It's just really, it's, it's the life that we're living when we're in administration work. So, Absolutely. okay. What's another one, Bailey? And then we had another one from a listener who, um, actually this was a text from someone that we used to work with. And she said, Hey ladies, I'm actually on episode five and I'm really loving it. I feel like I'm sitting right there with you guys on every episode. And I am so happy that you guys are listening and you feel like you're in the room with us and we are laughing and joking and playing and just, you know, in this together, because that is what I feel like every educator, parent, administrator needs is to feel like they're sitting in the room with people who get it. So I'm super happy to have gotten that text message. Yeah, me too. So that's special. And I want us to get into the episode today, then we will at the end, you know, give you guys our email or our handles for Instagram. So you guys can send us messages, or if you want to be on the podcast, we'll definitely have that as well. So let's welcome. Yeah. Our special guest, shall we? Yay. We are so excited to have you on. It's nice to see you together. I know. Well, it's, like, so the best part about it is like, we, it's such a small world, like how we connect. So we're oh, going to get yeah. into it in the podcast too, but okay. we've been having people on that know us mutually through work. And it's actually been just been really cool because again, it's like commonality and yeah. friendships and stuff. So um, whenever we were talking just a couple of days ago, we were recording an episode uh -huh. and I was like, I really want to get Megan on just because mm -hmm. she knows you, Bailey. Yes, and then and I think Bailey's fabulous. Yes, oh, absolutely. So the first question is Megan, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so hi, my name is Megan. I am a licensed specialist in school psychology here in Texas, and I've been licensed since 2008, and, and I provide services in the Texas school districts, and, and I have a child and who, I have twins, actually. I have a 10-year-old daughter who is a child who has learning differences, who is um, amazing, and I have grown in my journey as a professional in the world of special education as an LSSP because of this most definitely mm -hmm. so I see things from many different angles so I, Bailey did you know that she had two um, twins I had no idea you had twins I knew I you had a daughter that uh -huh. was I have, I had yeah, no I have, twins. so I have a twins and um, they were preemies we mm -hmm. had we delivered early my son is my son is ADHD but he's like GT like neurotypical my daughter has <laughs> my daughter 
had a language delay. That was our first red flag. And I was actually doing early childhood testing at the time. And I was warning bells started going off in my head and was like, okay, something's up. So we were in speech therapy by 18 months and we kind of spent our wills doing that for a while. And I was like, we should be making more progress, but also trying to control like, you know, the LSSP part of my brain. And it's so hard when you work within the field to not yes. track that. Yeah. Right. Or think that. Yeah. I actually had to stop. I had an amazing boss and I actually stopped doing early childhood and went and worked with a different age population for a while. Yeah. Because it was so much. So I'm yeah. always so appreciative for that. Um, but we finally, you know, we started, we had a speech, we had an amazing speech therapist, a private speech therapist. who was like, Hey, I think you should go check out this other type program and service. And so we did, and we got on our journey to trying to figure out what was going on. So I had a child who was three years old, not potty trained, had maybe four or five words. Cute as could be, had a cute bone in her hair and everything, but just like, She's so cute. And she's adorable, but she just, she was getting more and more frustrated because she could not talk. And you have yeah. to think at the same time, her brother's doing everything ahead of time. And she was doing most things except speech within average timeframes, but at that end of the average mm-hmm. timeframes. So we, um, we started yet another therapy. We started at a school, we, we, we started at a specially designed school mm-hmm. um, here in Houston that we're always going to be grateful for. And I had a child who, once she started receiving this language rich, being in this language rich classroom, being in with this group-based speech therapy started talking. Yeah. Like she found her voice. And with that, all the other skills started coming. And so now if you meet her, she is very talkative. We do not get speech therapy anymore, but we have had, as you go with a language-based learning disorder, you start having other issues. We have reading issues and ADHD popped. We um, have a diagnosis of Tourette's. So we've we've been on this journey and it's it's been it's been scary. It's been amazing. And it's made us, it's made me a stronger evaluator. I feel like. Okay. So, but question for you, Megan. So you yeah. said with your son, he was hitting all those milestones sometimes oh. early with your daughter. You weren't seeing that. Did you see any, um, I don't want to say issues, but competition or frustration, even between the two of them as that was happening when they were younger or no, not so much competition. So I can speak to that as they've aged, mm-hmm. but like during those first, like three years, give or take, not yeah. so much that. Um, in some ways, he was trying to help communicate for her. Yeah, he's a very empathetic child. He is. He he understands what it's like to struggle because of his sister. So he has become. He's probably one of the most empathetic ten year olds you'll ever meet. Right. Mm-hmm. So there was never like, like a frustration. Like, oh, he's getting it. She may have thought it, but she didn't have the language to express it. But right. now that they're older, the achievement gaps are are obviously more evident. Like especially with like reading and things like that because he is reading probably on a middle school level he's reading came very easily to him writing and that all of that has come much more easily for him whereas we have four days a week where we work with a certified academic language therapist and and so there is a frustration that she sees now with that so there's definitely we see that now so we um you know we address it in many different ways. We're like, you have made so much growth. We say everyone, everyone is at a different school that meets their needs because we do have two different schools that we're in currently with two different kinds of educational goals, right? And so we we were open and honest about it. She knows that she has ADHD. She knows she has Tourette. She she knows that learning is difficult for her and she she handles it pretty well, but it it does affect the self-esteem. So we have to be aware of that. We've gone to numerous hours of therapy. I mean, you name it, we've done it. And 
So we just make sure she's in a very supportive environment and we build up her confidence, but it is something we're always aware of. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Well, our second question for you, Megan. So our podcast name, which you were asking about earlier, is Spadoris. It's S-P-E-D-O-R-I-E-S. Awesome. It's based on the name and what we've talked about so far. What do you think it's about? What do you think we do? Okay, so are you just like taking different special education topics and getting different feedbacks? Like, cause there's so many different topics that are out that are hot topics right now. Like, yeah. you know, different instructional delivery models are, you can do a whole podcast about evaluation. You can do like, I feel like, I feel like it's almost like kind of like a webinar. Like there's like, you know, there's like a different topic for something. So honestly, I feel like with you two, it could be almost anything. So <laughs> like me, I, I mean, it sounds like a recipe. I, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I actually love that because let me tell you, there have been many, um, like iterations of the podcast mm -hmm. and did start out doing exactly what you were saying, which is like taking these hot topics instead and breaking them down. We even talked, Tyann, um, about maybe doing like looking at an academic school year and kind of yes. following through that with parents on like, here's some things to know as you go through the year. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Tyann went to sleep and woke up one day <laughs> this idea, which has actually been so fun. So I'm going to let her go through it. Yeah, no, I was like, so every time, so before we actually filmed a lot like we actually recorded a lot of podcasts and then I was like, we need to revamp it because I felt like I wasn't having fun, if that makes sense, because we were doing a lot of like, okay, here's advice. Like when you're in a public school and it can be very daunting, oh, yeah. um, even though I know it's like, it's really important. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I felt like there was a different way to do it. And so I, like Bailey said, it was like right before bed, I was like, you know, every time Bailey and I get on the call, we're sharing just like a gazillion stories about our day today mm -hmm. like whether it be like a stupid comment people doing illegal things like all of these things and I was like oh my gosh we need to just be sharing stories so it's right. fedoris of special education stories but like what you were saying where we're also giving advice it comes up naturally whenever we're talking about the story so turn off your brain with that part of it yes you've been doing this forever yeah and we had like a parent on who's also a colleague she's an assistant SLP um, and like a couple of podcasts ago, and she was talking about her journey with her child who has dyslexia. And she was saying things like, you know, the school wouldn't test him until like he hit the third grade. And so like, yeah. we're able to kind of like debunk that along awesome. the way. Yeah, which so really, it's just about sharing stories where whether it's like funny, kind of angry stories that make us angry about it, shocked, whatever. Yeah. Um, just kind of our, our journey because together what we have like 20 years of special ed experience, which is kind of cool and still, you know, doing more and then our idea to have on guests that know us. So the next two questions, you'll understand why we wanted you to be on here because okay. you knew both of us. But um, yeah, we just wanted people that are like either in in the thick of it with us or have a child that's, you know, they're and going I'm through that journey. Both, oh. sorry. Yeah, I'm in both. Yes. Like, literally, I, I, yeah, I am in both sides. And we're kind of glad to have you on because you were telling uh, like earlier you were saying you're an LSSP and we really had a lot of like speech therapists on the call and we haven't you're our first LSSP you so we're excited like, just make it a, lighten it up a little bit we did but we yeah and I just I think LSSPs are so valuable obviously you can barely oh. find them anywhere um because it's yeah, high yes. and dry out here but like you know you're so valuable and so it's Thank kind of you. nice to see your um input and your perspective on top of having a child who has learning differences. So Cute. that's what Spadoris is, is we're just sharing stories of our journey um, in special education. So who better to have than you? I know we're excited. Um, and with that, I'm going to have Bailey ask the next question. Sure. 
Oh wait, no, it's mine. It's my turn. <laughs> okay, so what? Okay, so the question that um, I have for you is, what was your first impression of Bailey? And you can be brutally honest if you think she was crazy. So my first impression of Bailey was, um, I'm a, I had a connection with Bailey because of high end, and so I kind of collaborated with Bailey, and it was kind of like a last minute thing, and she was an administrator in a meeting I was in and she handled herself so well and she kind of just got thrown into something and she was a rock star and she makes she juggles she juggled a lot of things and and I already knew I liked her because you had a lot of respect for her I think I introduced myself by saying like hi I think you know Hyen I know Hyen and 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 I was like, yeah, my daughter and I are president of the high-end fan club. I think that's like, I could probably find that the most the exact. So we like, we were in this art, it was virtual. And you sent me a team's message I did. after. And you were like, oh, this is a little weird, but I know high-end. And I was like, so do I. She's <laughs> I did not know that. I thought you, you guys knew each other first and then no, I, I, I Oh, how funny. Never, no, I've actually never met Bailey like face-to-face. -face. I gotcha. I, I assume okay. she's real. I am. I'm a real no, person. No artificial Bailey, intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bailey as an administrator and was amazing. And then over the next couple of weeks, I had a couple of things that came up that I was like, Bailey, like this, we need to relook at some of these things. And she was a great sounding board. And what I appreciated is, is that she trusted my clinician judgment to be able to go in and fix something. And um, we were able to do right by a student. And that's to me what's the most important thing is. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. It yeah. was so funny though. She did. She I, and I could probably still find the team's message. Where she oh was yeah, like, it's there. I love high end, and I was like, I love her too. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. Oh, and then I, I that. and then I did text high end. I was like, I'm just messing with Megan Peterson, and high was like, I just love her. She's great. I'm obsessed with her daughter. It's like unhealthy. That's what I probably <laughs> told you. Well, and yes. I am. We will come. Up, we'll meet you for lunch next week when she's back. Yes, whenever she's back. You have to meet her, Bailey. Like you would just oh. get a kick out of her. Like she's just. Ugh, like I, if I was having a bad day, yeah, yeah, she she certainly brightened it up with her antics for sure. Well, and I yeah. think it's perfect, Megan, that you mentioned your love for Hyann and your daughter's love for her because our next question is what what was your first impression of Hyann when you met her and then as you oh, worked with her and your daughter worked with her? So I um when did I first meet you, Hyann? I don't even remember. I, don't I think the first time I saw you, you were doing carpool duty, like a drop off in the morning. And you're Probably, trying to also yeah. help the kids like with the flag in front of the school. Oh yes. <laughs> a hot mess. Me. Yes, it was hilarious. Truly. So my first dealing with Hayan was probably like a couple months after she was in her role at my daughter's school at the time. And she um we poor Hayan had not met me really. Like I think we had maybe like met in passing. And then I am I'm a lot. I am not everyone's cup of tea. Like I no, come up she strong. is not. I am not everyone's cup of tea. Um, well, when it comes to your children, it's different. And I can highly respect right. that. Yeah, I can highly okay, respect like, that. I'm very protective of my daughter. Um, I also come with my LSSP hat into any yep. situation, even if it's a public, my daughter is in a private school, but I still come with that. Mm -hmm. um, so some teachers love me. Some teachers are like, oh God, did I get this kid? Um, no, but I'm, I, I've been very lucky, but like, I, I, I do come off as kind of strong sometimes. I need to watch that. But and the first thing I was like, hi, Hyann, you've never really met me. But um, we need to talk about it was something about reading or something. I it like it was two years ago, it doesn't even matter now. I don't even remember what I was upset about. But she took the time to sit and listen to me. 
and to like listen to my concerns and validate them. But then I was like, oh, and hey, by the way, I'm an LSSP. And she's like, I was, she respected me as a parent who had a concern, obviously, and let me listen, but she respected me as a professional. And to, I'm always grateful for that because I cannot turn off both hats when it comes to either of my kids, my son or my daughter. And so that was my first feeling. I was like, oh my gosh, this really is really patient and really, <laughs> really kind. And so we just, we, we became friends through like yeah. that. And then the next school year, she had to jump in and work with my child's class while the teacher was out. She kind of just became in charge. And, yeah. and so she had my utmost respect because she saw a problem. She went in and she solved it. And mm-hmm. she, despite my probably daily emails, I knew she was addressing the problem, but I was like, um, Hey, what's going on here? You know, I mean, it was yeah. kind of not the best of situations, but most ideal. Absolutely. Yeah. And she handled it like a rock star and she knew what those kids needed. She went in and she delivered it. And I will always be appreciative because those kids, it could have been handled much worse. She went in, she, my kids got what they needed. And so did the other kids in the classroom. And I know we were all grateful. And those kids had the best couple of months until the teacher came back. And so yeah, I, oh, I loved it. I am just grateful for that. And also she would also just text me sometimes and she'd be like, you don't want to, you want to know what your kid did today. <laughs> One day there was a face mask issue. But we don't have to talk about that. Oh my gosh. But it was like, it was those things that like made it so enjoyable. Cause it was really stressful. I mean, Megan knew like going into a class teaching and then also trying to be an administrator at the same time was really stressful. You cannot do both. Yeah. But like her daughter, I swear, like just made everything better. But like the, I think one of the first situations that we had, Megan was like, was it map testing or no? Was that after? Oh, I think he was the one who told me my daughter like took the map test and she just chose a letter for the test. Like Bailey, when I tell you I wanted to strangle her daughter because like I knew she knew the freaking answer and I would like go in and monitor that they were doing the map testing. Lissy would sit there and be like, how many more questions do I have? And I, I was like, this. nobody, nobody tell her because there's 40 and she's on number 10. And she's, she's going to flip out. <laughs> so she would just be like, on. she would write the right answer. She would do the Like she would use her strategies. She'd be like, she'd use her number line for math, like seven plus nine, whatever it was. And then she'd pick the randomest number on the screen. And I'm like, Lizzie, pay, pay attention. I need you to pay attention. And One everybody she, in the classroom was like, what the hell? <laughs> One day she told oh. me, she's like, she's like, oh, it's math testing in time. I was like, oh crap. Like my yes. least favorite time of year with her. And yes. she was like, I'm just going to choose a letter that God tells me. <laughs> Truly, that was her. Kind of love that. He just blows. She's that kid that's just like, I could do all the work. I could have the right answer. And I'm just going to choose whatever random letter. Yeah, that's exactly yes. what she's going to do. And it's not the impulsivity part of the ADHD. I mean, some of it is, and it's not a learning difference. She's just going to do what she wants to she do. She wants to do. I mean, 100%. She's so like she, stubborn and headstrong. Yes. But she's so smart at the same time. Like, that's why it was like so frustrating for me. I'm like, pick the right answer. Like, we you have- wrote the right answer down. You didn't select her. Like, what happened? Yeah, but then Megan was like, hey, and should we have her retake it again? And I'm like, no, like. Absolutely not. We're going to do the same thing all over again. Well, and then like Megan would always say too, like her daughter was one that like knew who she could like play with. And like, I was not one, you know, with Lizzie. And so Megan at the school that Lizzie goes to, there's like an observation window where Megan can watch. And so Lizzie was in a reading group with me. And Megan texted me. She was like, oh my God, she's reading with you. And I'm like, yeah, because she has no choice. Like she was literally trying to decide not to. 
she will open a page and she'll be like, what's this say? And I'm like, I don't know. You tell me. Like, I know how to read. Like, we, what are we doing, Lizzie? <laughs> but well, she's like the read. best. Yes. She has a learned helplessness and she knows yes. who she can push and she knows who she can't push. Mm-hmm. And Hyen knows her number and she does not do it with Hyen. But she, yeah. whenever she gets a new teacher, new para, new, who, any new therapist, she, it's a power of struggle. And that's why I think relationship building with families mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. with kids is so important, whether it be in a school practice, private practice, like whatever, like our therapist that, you know, we, we have that works with her, her reading specialist, that relationship is so important because Claire, who also collaborated with Hyen, she knows Alyssa's number. She doesn't put up with it. Well, and it's good because you just said as you are going into your role, right? You, mm-hmm. You're trying to be close to parents and build that relationship. But our next question actually kind of ties into your role. Just specifically, what do you love about your job as an LSSP? What keeps you doing this? I think it changes as time goes on. So I became an LSSP. My dad was like, my dad was a principal. My mom was a teacher. And my undergrad is not in education or in psychology. It's actually um in marketing and oh. and I know it's weird but I, was I love like, this I, I will say just brief I've met so many people that started out in business and then changed careers into education and it's I, always fascinating to me I wanted to be a teacher I that's all I knew and um, my dad was a principal my mom was a teacher that's all I knew that or I grew up in the Beaumont area everybody works at refineries yeah that's that's what I knew and and I went really wanted to be an elementary teacher and and it came down to my dad. It was like, my dad was very against it. Mm-hmm. He's like, because I wanted to go to Baylor and I wanted to be a major in education. My dad's like, no. Nope. Oh my so, gosh, Megan, I did that. And it's bad. <laughs> well, it was like, my dad's like, you have X amount of money to go to school. You can go to AM for four or Baylor for two. Yep. Yep. And I really, if you're going to major in education, you can Lamar and Beaumont. Like, mm-hmm. not that he didn't want me to be a teacher, but I think he knew I don't know what I, what his reasoning was, but I, I see it. Like I, I, I didn't need to understand it more. Mm-hmm. I understand it more now. Every like, time yeah. I make my student loan payments, I understand it as well. Yeah. <laughs> because I had to take out a lot of money to pay for that four years of Baylor. Well, and I, you know, so I got my marketing degree and then I played around for a year. I was like, my dad's like, you should become an LSSP. I had um, like 504 services as a kid because I have a vision problem. So I was tested. I was, I was tested from the time I was three. So I was something I was familiar with. I got accommodations in college. And um, so it was, I was like, oh, so I can just sit in a room and test. That sounds like fun. I don't know what I'm doing, but I also needed to do something to stay on health insurance. And so um, my dad's like, should be an LSSP. I was like, that sounds, that sounds great. Sign me up. <laughs> and I have ADHD. So I was just like, okay, sure. The next thing I knew, I was taking prereqs and then I got into a program. Oh, awesome. Then, so I kind of got into it like that and, and, um, I worked for a district that I loved and I worked with elementary students. I spent a lot of time in middle school doing mainly like a cognitive achievement role. And I loved it. I loved the people I worked with. I loved seeing students make progress. Um, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the families had multiple kids at school. So I got to start, those relationships to me. I'm a relationship person. It's very important to me. Whether yeah. we have a great relationship with coworkers or with families. And so I loved that. And then I had kids stay home for a little while. Then I went back part-time and I got to try something different. I got to do more like a psych, more of like the emotional behavioral piece of the evaluation. And I started doing um, early childhood evaluations and I did that for a little while and I loved it. And mm-hmm. um, it was something I had not done. I loved that working with that team, doing an arena assessment. I loved that piece of it. 
Um, I grew so much more in um, like autism evaluations during that time. So then I did that. And then I had to step back when we started having some issues with our develop. Like when I was a little, my kids were going through that age. My daughter was having some of our developmental delay issues. And I started working with elementary and I did that for a couple of years. And then I've been contracting ever since then. So I love, what I love about the job is that I can work with different age groups. It's not like a teacher where I'm tied to being like an EC through four or whatever. And I'm able to pivot and do different things, whether it be like I do high school or I do AU evals or whatever. I love <clears> the <throat> fact that I've been able to change um, and that I've been able, I'm also very grateful for the fact that I had such a good foundation in the, the district I started with and the other district that I worked with part-time, but I've been able to work part-time. I've been able to work full-time. I've been able to work contract. Mm-hmm. I've been able to work with so many people that have helped me grow to become the LSSB that I am today. I love a project where I'm kind of OCD. I love being able to see progress in whether it be like compliance issues or it's in evaluating and getting a kid into what they need. I like being able to go in into different things. So, you know, some, some roles I've done are more art based some are more team assessment based. Yeah. I love the variety because I need, I need, I just don't want to do the same thing. A yeah. change of pace. Yeah. Every yeah. once in a while. Yeah. No, that's great. Okay. So we, you talked a little bit about Lissy, my favorite girl. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell us a little bit more just kind of about her journey. I know you'd mentioned like she goes to a private school, like what was, how, how was making that decision in regards to education? Um, and why was that important to you? So, um, Kind of like, so she was born 34 weeks, five days. Um, we did have the developmental delays. Like we had two weeks in the NICU for feeding issues. Wow. And then we um, met our developmental milestones. Like I said, we met on time, except for language. Mm-hmm. Um, we started early intervention with private speech therapy. And so we um, we realized that we needed more than just being in like a, a neurotypical, like preschool environment. She needed something more. And what she did, ended up needing, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say, did she go to like a preschool that was so specialized? She okay. went to Mother's Day out when she was a year. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and I went back to work during that time. So she was in a typical like Mother's Day out program for about a year and a half. And then she went to like a five day a week, like half day preschool. And that's where we really saw, that's where we really began seeing that we were having more problems. And this wasn't just a phase. Right. Yeah. And it was, she was getting frustrated because she could not communicate. She, um, was not in the right environment that she needed. It was a great environment. My son was in that environment who was thriving. She needed Mm -hmm. more support than what was provided. And so, you know, I live in a city that has amazing options for kids who need some extra help. And so um, I had heard about the school, but um, from a lady I'd worked with who was a speech therapist who I just think the world of, she became a speech therapist because her son had a speech language issue. And, and, our speech therapist recommended it. The stars kind of aligned. We kept her. She's been there a while now. And we knew we were where we needed to be at the time. We She needed this language-rich environment where her teacher, the classroom teacher was an SLP. She had, you know, just tons of language intervention. Um, and then um, the decision to put her there was an easy decision because I just, it felt right. I'm all about hunches. And I that's why I always respect appearance. When they know something's going on, I respect that. And I'm like, tell me, like, I always just respect it as a parent. And um, we thought we'd be there two years. <laughs> We've been there. Longer like than seven? Uh, yeah, we have to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> We've been there a while. But she's where she needs to be. Um, My husband is always, like, obviously, we get his input as to, like, you know, another year. And we talk with the teachers and all of that. But um, 
he kind of leaves it up to me, which I kind of like, I had the weight of the world on my shoulders because it is a private school, very expensive. Yeah. And so, um, but we know she's where she needs to be. Does that make sense? Um, but no, it was, absolutely. It's, it's very hard when people are like, oh, you're paying so much money for this or whatever. But I'm like, if I didn't pay for this, where would we be? And, you know, it's a choice we've made as a family. And the one thing that we will never regret is the money we've spent on these services. Um, absolutely. That we, and they have all been private, you know, services. They None of these have been through our local ISD. Yeah. But, you know, it's interesting, Megan, that you said that because you... You also have the lens, though, as an LSSP. So you see what goes on in public school. And I'm not, this is not like to say like public school sucks no, because but, but you get a, yeah, you get a I really good teacher and it'd be the same I, thing. I think but. it's all about the teacher match. And I, I am in classrooms all the time and I see amazing teachers in there. But I'll be honest, when we were starting, when we were turning three, you know, because three is the, the, the magic age to start services in public schools in Texas. And in my school district that I was zoned to, not I did not work in the district. Um, I've, I've never worked in the district where my kids are zoned. But um, I couldn't figure out how to get her tested. Yeah. They, yeah. It shouldn't be like that. Yeah. At that three is three age, were you working with an early childhood intervention agency? No, we never did. We've all had done private speech and we, then you every, were trying to. Yeah, we, we never did ECI. And we we have always done private speech therapy and Private speech therapy led to OT, which led to, um, oh yeah, we, we've done every therapy, we've done speech, yeah. OT, PT, vision therapy, yeah, um, social thinking, we've done it all. But, and our first thing was speech and OT. So when she arrived at the school that Hyen used to work at, she was, she at three, she was doing speech and OT individually. Mm-hmm. But what made her start talking, what the magic formula was, was that group dynamic with, yeah. this, with that. And once that took off, it a light went off. I mean, it's day and night difference. We noticed a difference within like a week. I was going to say, Bailey, it's like the same. It's like what we did in HISD. But again, remember, like only certain people would do it where the speech therapist was in the classroom mm-hmm. and actually worked alongside the teacher. Like that's the that's the environment the that Lizzie is in. Yeah. Well, and so I feel like you've shared a lot about just how your experience mm-hmm. with your own knowledge, right, of services and evals and all those things has impacted your daughter. But how would you say the journey that you went on with your daughter impacts your work now as an LSSP with parents and with families and kids with districts. How does that impact? I think it makes me a much more effective LSSP and it makes me a lot more empathetic with families. Um, cause I, you know, I just had this conversation with somebody today. We dropped my daughter off at camp and a lot of them are, you know, children who go to school with her or they go, they may go to public schools, but they may be on an IEP or something. And so I'm like, I sit on both sides of the table, I feel like. Well, my daughter's never been in a public school or had an art meeting. It's still kind of the same concept, right? I still have a parent hat and an LSSP hat. And it's made me much more, um, it makes me approach things, especially with early intervention, a lot differently. And and that's what I'm passionate about. I think Bailey probably figured that out last year. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm, it's made me much more empathetic. And I ask a lot of questions differently. I, I see it through a different lens. Um, it also makes me more determined to fight for the appropriate services for kids. Mm-hmm. I feel like it just makes you a better advocate, right? It makes for... me a better advocate for sure. Yeah. Um, I have a lot more respect for the, the parental hunch that you know something's going on. Yeah. Um, sometimes our parental hunch, parental hunch is right and sometimes it's not, but I do think it's always worth investigating that for sure. Yeah. 
And, and it also just a lot more aware of so many different services and therapies that we don't even necessarily have within the school setting that I never knew um, for sure. I do have, we do have two more questions for you, but one question really quick, because it's just like a random thought is, were you ever like, did you ever go through any denial phase? Like, how did it ever make you feel going through? Oh, yes. Oh, you could do a whole podcast about that. (laughs) You could do a whole podcast about that. And I I think I still struggle for sure. And I, when I, when I I was, I, my aha moment when I was like, I realized something is going on. I was in the middle of testing Mm. and we were talking about, um, language development in the, it was a, an arena-based assessment and the SLP who was amazing. She was talking about like, how many words does the student have or whatever? And she's like, at 18 months, they should have this. I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, she doesn't have that. Right. right. And so um, immediately I'm a, I, I want to fix everything. So I was like, okay, we need to start speech therapy. So by the end of the week, we had had an appointment for a speech evaluation. We were on the books for therapy and and we were like, oh, it's just a little slow, just a little slow. Like speech will come, it's fine, it, it'll be there. And it didn't keep coming. And we just kept pushing it under the rug a little bit. She continued getting therapy, but I was always in the back of my mind that like there's more going on. My husband yeah. was like, oh, there's nothing. And um, we actually started having a neuropsych done when she was three. We were in the middle of having her tested. It was at another school here in Houston who had a testing clinic, not the one we have ever attended. And she started saying, I think she's got soft signs of autism. And that was not a top. I was not ready to hear that word at all. And, and I actually pulled the plug on the evaluation. We had done probably half of it. And I was like, we're done Mm -hmm. because a, that is probably the hardest thing to say. And it's, that's the hardest thing for me as an evaluator to say. And that's the hardest thing for a parent to say. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we actually pulled the plug. We started her with intervention services because I also am not a big believer in eligibility determining placement are in uh, labels, right? right? I do think they're a way to access resources, but I also think that to me, providing services is most important and eligible labels and all of that to me are secondary. I'm all about just getting a kid the resources they need. And so um, I had, um, it's been a roller coaster, right? Yeah. Um, but we started getting services. We started seeing improvements. So I was like, oh, it's, it's great. We'll be here for two years. We'll go to kindergarten. Well, we didn't go to kindergarten. <laughs> and so it's hard because I have a son who does everything on time, right? Or ahead of schedule. And then we had friends whose kids were just sailing through all of their stuff. But we started having some social difficulties. We started having, um, we started seeing that reading and attention and concentration. We She started being on meds when she was sick, right? When she turned six, which is right about the time the doctors will, will just first do it. And so it's been a roller coaster. Um, some days, some years are better than others, but then you look back to where you were and you're like, like how much progress has she made? Yeah. So um, have I cried? Oh yes. The first time I met somebody who's very dear to both me and high end, I sat and cried for an hour. And the first time I, the first several times I brought her to her school, I cried. It was like, it's a hard thing to accept. This is what you're doing. Cause this is not, you did not, this is not a path you ever thought you would be on, but one of the blessings of it is the people I've made. I have the knowledge to be able to help her. It's right. made me more effective at my job. And the friendships I have made along the way are, I would not have had this experience. So um, there's been denial, but I mean, and my kid had a provisional ASD diagnosis. That diagnosis was taken away. She does not, she does not meet the criteria as, as, as autism, right? And um, we have severe ADHD, we have Tourette's. And I could probably list like five, right? But um, it's just, 
it's been a roller coaster, but she's doing great. Um, but setbacks are hard. It's hard when I see her struggle and she's becoming more and more cognizant of it. That's kind of the hard part that we struggle with as a family. I was just, I was just curious because I know just knowing her, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's and we've asked a parent that before. Like I, I, I could only imagine, like I always, like you said, like, um, saying autism or something like that to a parent is really hard. Like that's the one oh, thing it, Bailey and I have always talked about. Like I hated having to sit in a meeting and saying like, you know, your child needs eligibility for ID, like intellectual disability. Those, like yes, that's some hard. Very yeah. hard. I, I've, I've done that as a, as an LSSP. I've done that many times and it never yeah. gets easier, but yeah. also sometimes families are just grateful to finally know what's going on with their child. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, just so important, even like I was talking about, or even as you were talking about Megan, telling any parent that and just saying your child meets the eligibility for this, like really going into it, what does that mean? Like, what is, mm-hmm. what, what does this look like? What is your art committee going to do? And I just, you know, every time we talk to parents specifically, um, and it seems that every parent we've talked to has also worked in education. So it, it kind of it, um, combines there, but it's just so interesting to me to see like, they don't know how to get their child evaluated. Where do you start? Well, once you do get your child evaluated and now you have this quote unquote label, what does that mean? Now I'm scared. Well, what does this look like? You go into an art and you have no yeah. idea what you're going to talk about, what your rights are, what you mm-hmm. should be asking, what you shouldn't be saying. You know, it's just, there's so much. And as you know, for a first time parent going through it, you're, it's just complete overwhelm because there's so oh, much yeah. happening. And then you're also dealing with the fact that how am I going to support my child with this? Or new what is it? I think the biggest thing is the fear of the unknown. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of have to allow yourself to not go there because yeah. you don't know, nobody knows, no one's future, you know, no one's guaranteed tomorrow. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have another question for you. Sure. So you, you said that you got your LSSP license in 2018. I mean, 2008, right? I think 2008, 2009 ish. I okay. So yeah, please. 14, 15. Yeah. It's okay. You don't have to 14, 15 years. Literally. That's a long time, Megan. What like thinking about your, yeah, your journey, what is like one special ed story that's always like stuck with you. That's your favorite that you'll always remember whether, I don't know, we all have one. So do you have one? And if you do share it, please. Oh my gosh. This is probably goes back to like my second year. I have a kid who will always have a special spot in my heart. He was one of the most sweetest kids I'd ever worked with in my first district. He at one point had, and he came to Texas, he'd been out of state. He at one time was nonverbal. By the time, when I started working with him, he was in middle school. And when I say working with him, I, he was on my campus, but um, I did his testing one year. And then he was the kind of kid, like once he saw you, he was your best friend for life. He would show up at your door and just the conversations we had. And then um, it was, he was at my, my campus was a middle school. So it was, a, he was there for two years. Um, but I would run into him at the high school and he was always like, but then I had a different, you know, I wasn't married. He was like, oh, how are you, Miss T? And, you know, everything like that. And, and you know, I've actually seen him around town. But he oh, always, that's so say special. Hi to me. And, and just, he's probably one of those kids I will never forget. And, and I get, I guarantee if you ever talk to any of the teachers that worked with him ever in his educational career, they never forgot him either. He was just, just a joy. Well, I'm glad you shared the heartwarming story. We're going to have yeah. to invite you back so you can share a crazy one because we have a lot of them as well. Oh, right, we Bailey? all do. We all do. I'd yeah. have to like write them out and think about them. 
Our last question for you before we wrap up is, um, and you you did kind of talk about this, but just in general, as a parent, as an LSSP, um, what advice would you give to parents? So my first, and I I think I've I've gone back to this several times, is as a parent is to trust your instincts and, and to not be afraid to ask for help. And you are your child's best advocate because nobody knows your child like you do. And so, and if that means having to be that parent that I've been where you're not everyone's cup of tea, that's okay because you're, you're there to try to protect your child and to get them what they need. So that is my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice is, is if you do not understand what is going on, I think we, I, I, I get in there and I start talking technical, right? Like in acronyms or whatever. Yeah. I think it's important to to sit, tell parents, like, if you have a question, stop me. Like yeah. we're throwing a lot of information at you and just to remind them that this is, they, that this is new for them and that it's normal for them to have questions. And if they need to take a moment, it's fine. Well, on that note, I feel like you ended it so well for us. Thank we're you. so glad that you came on this episode um, to talk to us and then talk about Lizzie and your, career as an LSSP. It was so great. I feel like we got a really good perspective. We'll see you later, Megan. Have okay, a good bye evening. guys. Have a great bye. day. See you guys later. Bye. Bye. Megan, thank you so much for being here today. We, I feel like learned a lot about you, about your family, and are just so excited that you found all the supports that you need. Um, and hi, Anne, thank you for bringing Megan on, introducing her to us and, and building that connection. And of course, as always, if you would like to send us an email or a comment or share your own funny story, hi, Anne, where can they do that? Great question. So you can email us at spedories at gmail.com. That's S-P-E-D-O-R-I-E-S at gmail.com. Or you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at spedories. So S-P-E-D-O-R-I-E-S. We drop podcasts every other Sunday. So please tune in to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Um, We'll see you guys soon.